This is the Salontrepreneur Podcast with Amy and Jeff. We're a husband and wife team that has started and scaled salons in multiple markets, each with its own unique starting point. We launch each business with core strategies and by always staying true to our vision and brand. Tune in for ideas and inspiration on how to achieve wealth in your salon business, relationship, and family. ready for a podcast today? I'm always ready for a podcast. I'm always ready to talk salon business and starting growing salons. It's, it's exciting stuff. So true. You usually are. I am. I'm always up for that. Well, what should we talk about? Today would be a great day to talk about optimization. And here's why. We've, we've got this framework we've talked about, which if you think about it, it's kind of the shape of a pie. And you've got your vision that you start with, you start looking at location, you start the, the financial aspect, you start making sure it's a good fit for you and your lifestyle, and then you've got the execution slice of pie. All of that's together, but around the whole outside is a big letter O for optimization. And because it's so iterative, the process is where you start with that vision and you start putting some detail together. Maybe you've got a couple of options for location. Maybe you know how much money you can actually invest. All these things are going to impact what that whole strategy looks like. So we like to get after optimization early in the process because if you don't start to put a little bit of detail to a high-level plan, then you really don't know how you're going to compare each opportunity, whether that's a location, whether that's a, a purchase, whatever that needs to look like. So we get into optimization early, just meaning we've got to put some detail together. And what, what are some of the first things that you go after from an optimization perspective, once you have this idea in your head of what, what this salon needs to be. Yeah. Well, early in the process, we always start doing the business plan too. So this is part of the optimization process that we do is how can the brand that I want to do the vision that I have as far as the, the look and the type of salon I want, um, that, that means like how many stations, how big of a space I want. So we need to put this all into a business plan to help us execute all the rest of the things coming up. Right. Right. And so that's why we start talking about optimization. Mm -hmm. How can we maximize any space that we have um, with the decor, the aesthetics, the just the whole vision goes inside of that. Um, we also need to talk about budget and this is all in the business plan too. Right. Um, so we can start running numbers. We'll just, how much do you think we can afford in rent each month? Right. And uh, maximizing our dollars so that we're not going under in the first few months. Like that's key because you're going to, things might come up that you haven't thought of. Like we talked about in the past, um, that your salon might be missing. So we need to make sure that there's a little bit extra left over that we can support those things. Right. Well, and I want to go back to the business plan side of it because I think that's a big thing that one, you're going to need it to get a commercial lease to probably get a loan or anything else like that. They're going to want to see a business plan, but even when we didn't need to have one, w- nobody likes making reports or anything like that. Right. But for us to actually put pen to paper, the idea isn't just up here. We're forced to get it into something tangible that we can review, we can iterate. And as we get more and more knowledge of a location or you find, I have to have this this pr- retail product line or I have to have this this set of stations, whatever that is, 
we start to add that detail. So the business plan is a working, living, breathing document. And rather than just talking about it at a high level, which a lot of times you do in the vision state, optimizing is saying, all right, I'm going to take this idea and I'm going to make it into something. We really start working off of that. We're always going back to that. I, I think that's a big thing that people overlook is how important it is to create a tangible document or a tangible plan that they can continue to make changes to. Yeah. And I mean, we've always had to have a business plan for every salon. Right. Um, the only one that didn't require it as far as a lease was my first one, but that's because I bought the building. Right. But if I would have wanted a loan or any of those kind of things, you still need a business plan. So right. to put it in early, um, it also helps you just get really organized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, retail, start mapping that out. I mean, some locations you might not be able to purchase the retail that you wanted to have. Maybe there's a luxury line that you wanted to bring in and you've got five salons next to you that have it and they have a radius right. that you can that you can carry it. So these are all things in the beginning in the build uh, the business planning stage that we can go over and uh, figure out. Mm-hmm. And that also will help us for our next piece, which is the location. But optimizing all of this at the beginning just keeps us super organized right. um, as long as we go. And then also we have something to show to rent or have the lease. Right. So yeah, it's it's going to deliver value, not just in your planning, but to these other uh, entities that are going to need to see that you've at least thought through this. And our business plan from when we go to vision to creating that and that optimization step, our plan with what Desert Blonde Salon looks like now versus what we started, the products are different. The, the revenue projections are much higher than we had initially started to put together once we, again, started to iterate and look at how we we're going to build this salon out. Um, you're updating the demographics as you start to move into your salon location, you get more of that information. So all those things may change, but if you don't start with that thought process, it really slows you down. So that, I think that's a big one on, on optimization is the business plan. The, the next piece on optimization, we've talked a little bit about location is as you start to get into a couple, let's just say there's two spots that you like on the lease side of things. Um, you start looking at the price per square foot. You start looking at the cam. You start looking at other things we've talked about, like parking and other stuff, you know, and how busy the shopping center is. But that's where you start to really hone in on what these other data points that you need to fill out in your plan look like. Leases typically one of the big expenditures for every salon. That's the monthly overhead that it's just going to be there. That's almost always the number to beat when you start thinking about how you're going to be profitable. I guess when we get into leases, yes, we're looking at the raw numbers, but what are some of the other things that you have really either burned us or we're much more aware of now than we were maybe our first lease that we ever did? Well, I think, um, I mean, landlords might not mean to do this. I mean, we've had some really great landlords, uh, but they they always think their lease is fine the way it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've, they, they built them like, or had them drawn up about 15 years ago or 20 years ago sometimes. And, and when we come back, cause we look through it and we have some changes or amendments or whatever that addendums, yeah, addendums. Thank you, Jeff. Um, or amendments, addendments. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) that we need to make or changes. They don't always want to do it right. Because sometimes it requires a legal person to do that. And there is a little fee involved. So usually they try to push you just to sign it because that lease also supports pretty much everyone in the same shopping center. They give the same lease to. Mm -hmm. And so we've heard many times 
well, it worked for so-and-so. I mean, everybody else signed it. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to. And they just are trying to make the process faster and easier for them. Um, and again, they're not trying to probably pull something shady on you, but make sure you look through the lease. So we've had some learnings on the lease too. And you probably remember some of the things that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of, one of the things on the lease, and this is common, but it was just something that I had not been used to, uh, was that they won't fix anything structural. So like the windows, the door on the building, all of that was my responsibility, um, even though it came with the business. So when we're in Minnesota and the frost is coming through the door, that's on me, you know, and just you would think that that would be covered by the landlord. So all these things are just really good to look at from the beginning, whether you can change them or not, at least, you know. Right. Yeah, I think our biggest learning was uh, first big lease in a big market was the cam side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought the lease price was the lease price and that's what you plan around. But cam, which is taxes in the Midwest, snow removal, it could be other things. Just it's basically keeping the grounds nice, you know, just like maybe your HOA fees comparable exactly. to something like that. But yeah, it doesn't cover a lot of the the stuff that you'd ultimately, ultimately be responsible for. They'll, they'll handle the roof and things like that. So yeah, there's not a lot of coverage there. And again, just things to be aware of. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest one is, well, is cam. Yeah. And cam is variable, right? Mm-hmm. Like it changes, like you said, snow removal. Um, so some, some winters are brutal and some are not so bad. So they give you the best estimate they can, but at the end of the year, just something to think about, they're going to either give you a bill or give you some money back. I don't think we've ever seen money back, but it, there, right. it, it might not be major, but just another thing to think about with cam, it's very variable. So variable. So, um, those were our learnings for the first big commercial lease that we had. We didn't know what that was. I mean, I came from owning my own business and my own building. building. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else did we learn? Well, another thing we always want to make sure that we check the lease and make sure that there is, um, like a clause in there so that a competitor can't come right next door to you. I mean, you don't want another hair salon right next door. And again, typically they won't, but it's just nice to put it on paper so that you feel good about it, you know? Uh, what else do you think, Jeff? Uh, I mean, there's so much just in lease details. And, and again, just looking at where we're at, I think, in starting a salon, we've got the vision. We've got some foundational understanding of the lease. Maybe there's a letter of intent that we're reviewing that's that's from the leasing company. That basically gets the process started so you can start to see what those numbers look like. The only other big consideration, I think, as you're starting to optimize is just understanding, one, you're going to sign probably at at least a five-year lease with another five- or ten-year option. And then finally is usually you need to come up with the first couple of months uh, along with the deposit. So, again, as you're optimizing or as you're planning or you're building that business plan, you'll get to the money piece soon. And this, this is where you're going to want to start thinking about, all right, this, this is part of the cash outlay that's going to happen early on. And that's why, again, you're, you're constantly iterating. You're constantly looking at, uh, I guess, what different locations have to offer and what some of those challenges might be. But that's, you know, again, without, we could, we'll do a whole session on leases and things like that. Um, but again, those are some of the things that we look at in that early optimization phase. Right. The money piece is a big one for optimizing your business um, and your brand. And so we'll we'll definitely go over that again. I mean, and we can also talk about later on, maybe some options if you don't have the money, like what things you can do or what things we've learned, whether we've done them or not, or somebody else has done them, but uh, we can get through that next time when we're talking about money. Sure. But right now, optimization. So what is the 
What is the next thing on our list when we're looking at optimization, Jeff? Well, you mentioned a little bit just about the retail lines and some of the radius clauses and things like that, but that's where you really start to look at not only for the salon location, but also the products that I'm looking to hold. Is there an opportunity here that I will be one of the the only salons in the area to, to carry either a luxury line or a new specialty line or an organic line, whatever that is, as you start to hone in on that vision for what kind of products you want to carry, you need to start looking at what are the buy-ins, you know, how much of this product do we need to move? I mean, there's all these new considerations that now you get to that next level of planning and optimization is on the retail side. And, and you do most of that. I usually just say, cool, sounds good. You know, is it good? Yeah, it's amazing. Great. Let's do it. But you yeah. really take the time to dig into the numbers and the details of, of each of the different types of products. And we've carried a lot of different products over the years, tried a lot yes. of different things. What are your thoughts there? And maybe even a little bit, what does the process look like for working with a retail company? If I haven't bought a line before, what are maybe one or two things that we need to keep track of as we're looking to get products or samples and things like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, typically, I mean, for me, I want to make sure I have a retail line that supports my business too, because a lot of them will, as far as what are your rewards look like for back bar purchases? You know, if I, I sell X amount of retail, what are you going to give me for rewards so that I can stock my back bar, mm-hmm. which is really important because again, that saves your business money. Um, and it also encourages your staff and yourself to sell more just so that you can fill the back bar up. So that's really important to make sure, you know, it's a good reward system. Um, also I look at the, I just look at what makes it different. You know, I think a lot of lines are sulfate free, paraben free, all those things, um, really clean lines, which is amazing. But can we go deeper? Is there a little bit more that that line has to offer than some of the other ones? Because there's so many to choose from. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure that I have more options for my clients. So whether it's recycled uh, packaging from the ocean, um, whether, you know, where, where do they get their ingredients from, you know, all those kind of things. I want to make sure I can offer the best because now it's my business. It's my name on the door. And I want to make sure that my clients feel, feel that too, when they come inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that again, you're, and you don't just get a product because the name is good. You get a product because you try it, you use it, you love it. And like you said, it's an extension of the brand. But again, getting once once you kind of know what you want, then it's understanding, well, some, some of these product lines have a massive buy-in to begin with. Yes. So if you don't start to get at least some of those high-level num- numbers put together, that can be a shocker because right. not having For any sure. retail product is already you're, you're working against yourself for success in month one, month two, month three, and starting to define what that set of products and services are going to be. Well, retail products too, just, just alone, uh, can get you clients. You know, the fact that they might be coming to you, whether it's to buy a product or to get their hair done because you carry a certain retail line. Mm -hmm. Um, so things that we don't always think about and don't always post maybe either, if we're carrying a luxury line or any line, you know, and if it's a little bit harder to find, they'll come to you just for that. And then either they'll buy something or they'll, and then they'll see the space and then you'll, you'll book them for a hair service as well. So it's really important to have the best, um, retail line supporting your brand mm-hmm. because that can just go full circle and, and get you clients as well, which makes right. it super easy. Right? Yeah. No. So, optimizing on the, on the business plan, the location, the lease, 
the retail products. We talked about starting to understand some numbers for the types of fixtures and, you know, stations, mirrors, all that kind of stuff, starting to get that. Because even early in our process here, I mean, we, we flew to Texas to go look at mm-hmm. some different uh, brands and, and different capabilities for how we would build out a salon. We didn't have a space yet. We didn't even know exactly where we were going to be. So getting some of that initial idea of what that process looks like, what the lead time looks like. These are, it's not all just about the dollars and cents. It's about just the whole orchestration and execution of the plan. You need to start to understand what all this is going to look like so that when you do pull the switch or start signing on the dotted line, things start to come together and you're not, you know, doing a bad job and waiting for things to show up in order to be able to open or have your first client. Cause that's really what, what crushes businesses early in the process. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to maximize it as soon as you can get in that space. I mean, if you have clients or people that are willing to get their hair done, I mean, you're going to want to do that because you need to start making money. Right. Um, But do the fun stuff at the beginning when we're doing the business plan. I mean, like you said, this time we took a trip to uh, Texas and they will cover your ticket if you purchase the products from them, like up to so much. But, you know, that to me is the fun stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get a trip out of this and I can actually see and feel the products that I'm having this Mm -hmm. time. Because in the past I have ordered, uh, stations or shampoo bowls and, and they weren't quite what I expected. Now, once you get them really hard to send them back, it's just not an easy process. So either you settle and just keep them or, uh, you do try to send them back. But I just, this time I'm like, I'm going to do it right. I'm actually going to go pick because I've had every, every kind you can imagine. So, um, it was really nice to see it in person mm-hmm. because colors online too of chairs, like different tones and stuff, they don't look the same. Right. So it made the process a lot easier. I think you were bored, but that was, that my, was boring. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was for me. That was the fun part. So hopefully somebody else would enjoy it no, too. It wasn't bad. And I do think that's an important part with what we've done is going and actually physically being able to see the products that we're going to buy certainly being able to test retail products ahead of time. You took a bunch of different training classes to settle in on what types of services and capabilities we wanted to offer at the salon. So actually going and doing those, to me, that's all part of that optimization. I know I want to do this. We're going to do this. We're actively looking at spaces and things like that. We maybe have an LOI in place, but we're out there. We're still training. We're going to trade shows. If it makes sense, you go to Vegas to do something, whatever whatever is necessary to make sure that you really understand what you're going to be investing in. And that's kind of why this is ongoing because optimization will have an impact on your vision. Some things may just not work for your initial vision and you need to take it off the list. Same thing on the location. Well, this location doesn't support X, Y, Z because this product is, you know, already in a radius. So you need to, you need to be able to iterate on that stuff. And that's why it's so important to start to put some detail to it. Because if you live pie in the sky all the time, then when reality hits and you've got this lease coming, you're not ready to go. And I think that's one thing that optimizing certainly helps us do. Yeah. And I mean, try to do all that stuff while you're in the building phase. You know, like you said, get the classes, get a mentor. I think we all had those. I mean, my first salon, uh, Instagram and stuff wasn't a thing. So I still had a mentor. She was just a little bit different. Uh, She couldn't help me on the things that I might have... envisioned, you know, but now, now there's so that's an option. It's so much easier too. Mm -hmm. So you can really have all the pieces that you want and you can make them come to life. And so I think it's really important while you're in the building phase to do it then, because once it's go time, you don't, you don't have time and then you'll just put it, put it in the um, back burner and it won't ever happen. So, and you'll wish you, you had. So that's, that's one of the things that we do now while we're doing the build out. Right. 
a lot of prep, a lot of planning in, mm-hmm. in a smart way. Well, and I think the final topic, I guess, that I think we do during the optimization stages, because it's ongoing, but it, it's constantly doing sort of an A-B comparison of the different opportunities, whether that's a couple different spaces that we like for lease, or there's a business that's for sale, or whatever that is, we're constantly looking at not only comparing and contrasting, now that we've actually started to put some definition to these things, but we're also deciding what makes the most sense for the business that we're looking to launch. And not only that, we're also looking at what if we didn't do this? What's the opportunity cost there of not getting a business started, not starting to create that legacy, starting to create that excitement? It's one of those things, like anything, if you don't start at some point in time, then it never happens. And you just mm-hmm. mentioned that. If you don't do the training now, you might not do it because right. you'd be too busy or, you know, everybody's always too busy for everything. If you have a plan and you execute against it, you all of a sudden make time for the right things. And I think that's why we're always analyzing the opportunities and we've actually got some tangible data points to do some comparisons. Yeah, because confidence is key. So if you have the right training, uh, you feel you feel confident when you go in and then you can nail those consultations. You know that they're going to book. You know, very, very rarely do I have a consultation that doesn't book, but that's because I'm really confident in what I do. Um, so, but that came from training and that, that came from all the experience in the past. So if, if I had that going into my first salon, well, that would have made my life so much easier, mm-hmm. right? So just, just doing all the plan, like this is why we do a business plan. This is why we put it, put it down on paper and then we can execute it so much easier. Right. Yep. And um, the, then we know the salon is going to be successful too from the beginning. But right. confidence is definitely key. It makes everybody feel better. Right. Well, and having the answers, that, that's why we do those opportunity comparisons, because if we have four different options or four different opportunities, you can't have all four. So you got to start putting some answers to the questions and crossing stuff off the list so that you can start driving down toward what right. that end game is going to look like. I think we've done a good job of that, of Again, getting it on the board, getting it into the, the, the program or whatever you want to call it, getting into our slice of pie and saying, all right, here's the three options. Here's the three opportunities. Why is this a good one for us? Well, it's right by our house. Why is this one a good one? Uh, it's an existing business and it's, it's got a good cash flow. You know, those kinds of things we start to look at. And as we hone in on it, then you start moving into some of the other later phases and actually starting to look at the execution. Yeah. And and I, and like you said, we, we can't, you can't have all of them, you know, cause there's always, we should try. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you could, but we, we don't, right. Uh, we don't start that way anyway, but, um, yeah. So I, we've done a good job at really eliminating the things that make it less appealing than the other one. Um, and a lot of it, it does come from the lease, uh, the rent price, maybe the space, how big it is. Um, just all going back to the, the vision and, and optimizing the space. So we can walk in and I'm like, oh, this one's just not going to work as well as the other one, right? Mm-hmm. This one has the flooring done. This one doesn't. Um, all that stuff in the cost and the budget. So yeah, if we um, we can narrow it down right away, it makes it just so much easier to execute all the rest of the plan. Right. Cool. Well, yeah, I think just kind of summarizing for us, optimizing is a critical part of every step of the process. Even from the vision, you start making changes to it. You start looking at location, you start making iterations to it. But every time trying to put more definition to it so that you actually have a plan optimized for us is having the business plan, something that's a tangible asset that we can both 
look at, talk about, we can utilize for getting leases, we can utilize for getting loans and other, other things to actually start to move forward with the business. Um, beyond that, as we start to get into, we'll start talking budget planning and things like that and some other episodes, you're always optimizing there. This is way too expensive, but I got to have it. Or, you know, right. this is way too expensive and I don't have to have it. That's all optimizing because at the end, you have to develop a model for maximum profitability, maximum scalability, and starting simple, but at least having the answers to those questions and knowing as many of the gotchas as you can is why we just keep adding optimization to every step of the process. Yeah, I, I, it's so important. And, and again, we, we go through this every step of the way and it just makes our process so much smoother. Right. We're still going through it and we've got the doors sure. open. I mean, we're optimizing every week. We're, yep. we're making changes and tweaks to the business model, to the staff, to whatever we the need services, to. The services, the amenities, the, the customer experience. Sure. It, it never stops. So right. prepare to change. You're going to have <laughs> to accept the fact that not everything is going to go 100% as the vision started. Yeah. But if you have a plan, man, it, it really helps with the confidence, like you mentioned, and certainly the success. If, if you have a good plan, you will achieve exactly what you're looking for. Right. Because our goal is always to just be the most organized, organized business we can and execute flawlessly. So that's always the goal at the beginning. And this helps us do that every step of the way. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening to the Salontrepreneur podcast. I'm going to sign off. You're going to sign off? Sure. I'm out of here. Bye. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>